You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number two, it's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. The bottom of the hour, we'll do Brody on the beat. We'll do the snow show, and we'll talk about our text topic for today. We're giving away four passes to Wingfield Golf Club. The Flames game night. Host the Golden Knights down at the Dome tonight in what is a must-win with 10 games to play in their season. But right now, joining us from NHL Daily Faceoff, Mr. Frank Cervalli, and he's brought to you by South Trail Chrysler. With inventory shortages across the city, it's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit SouthTrailChrysler.com. You think I'd be better at that read by now, but I'm not. Morning, Frank. How are you? Uh, better than you. Yeah, probably. Like. <laughs> probably. Um, Frank, I, I, again, I, I, it just frustrates me to no end that the scheduling in the NHL, why only two games on a Wednesday night with like 10 games to go. And it's the coyotes and Oilers. Like I just, sometimes I just get really angry at the schedule and I don't know why, maybe it's just unnecessary by me, but it just makes no sense. Yeah. You're going to need some anger management classes. Probably. Wednesday night is it's national hockey night. So it's, you know, in Canada and in the U.S., it's supposed to be an exclusive broadcast window to try and get everyone to tune in. The problem is exactly what you just mentioned. I was sitting at my desk the other day watching March Madness, and I I heard the, the promo read during the March Madness game. It was like, check out TNT, NH, NHL on TNT on Wednesday night. It's the Coyotes against the Oilers. And I was like, the Coyotes? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Who did this? Yes. Like I was like, did the guy read the wrong team? Like what? Like who? What? What's happening here? Anyway, uh, yeah, that's that's the deal. I'll do you one further on the schedule. Here's where I think they really miss. Okay. The playoffs start on a Monday. Yeah. I get that the first round. It, the first round is the best that the NHL has to offer. With all due respect to the Stanley Cup Final, no question. It's the opposite of the NBA. The first round, the playoffs get worse as they go along. In the NBA, they, the first round stinks and it gets better as it goes along. So in the NHL, wouldn't you want to play it up and, and get as many Saturday and Sunday windows as you can to to maximize that uh, that viewership on a weekend? Instead, you, you start your playoffs on a Monday? Yeah. Um, and well, I talked about this before he jumped on, and we've mentioned it to you, the draft lottery on May 8th. I don't understand why, because you have that Saturday night off, why wouldn't you have the draft lottery on that night? Make it a playoff preview draft lottery show nationally. Everybody will watch the Connor Bedard thing. Oh, I just don't understand. I think I know the answer to that, actually. I think by the time they have it scheduled for May 8th, I think it is, I think the expectation is Connor Bedard and the Regina Pats will be out of the playoffs. Yeah. And, able to be in the and, and, and Patrick Dumar, producer, and Maddie talked about that earlier, but it's like, we're going to really put the broadcast and put like, it on a Monday to hear from an 18-year-old kid. And I understand he's the franchise, but let's let's do this for a made-for-television event. I'm sure you can have them playing during the day, and you link him in wherever he is, and he does the interview. That's great. But it's like you're leaving a Saturday night open in May, in April, I mean. I just... Made, it, yeah. Made-for-television also includes an 18-year-old absolutely sweating it out the idea that he has to go play in Columbus. Yeah. That's my thing too, Frank, with this draft lottery. ABC, anybody but Columbus, right? Anybody but Columbus at this point. 
Well, do you, do you know the hate tweets I've been getting? We should do like a segment at the end of the season, like all the hate tweets. I mentioned this on my podcast the other day, and look, I, I actually don't mind Columbus. Like it, it's it's a fine place. Been there many times. Covered many games in that arena. Cool little arena district. Whatever. The fact of the matter is this. The Columbus Blue Jackets are one of the most anonymous franchises in pro sports. Like, if you polled 100 casual sports fans and you put the Blue Jackets logo in front of them, (laughs) 95 of them could not name the team. Yeah. It's true. It's fact. And and that's why when... We're going to send the, you know, the next great player there. I mean... I yeah. guess maybe then maybe then people will recognize the logo. I I honestly don't think he's even going to barely move the needle there. I think he's just going to be in a market where, yeah, I guess they'll get some more attendance, but that's fine. It's just they're the Columbus Blue Jackets, and they'll always be the Colum- They'll always be Lumbus, and that's who they are. That's who they'll be forever. And and, and that's what I think. And again, I I wasn't here when it happened, but. When Johnny Goudreau signed in Columbus, it's like, are you serious? If he went to the Flyers, I get it. The Devils, it's really close. But Columbus, really? Columbus? Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm still not understanding that one. Like yeah. <laughs> they weren't even being talked about because it never made any sense to anyone. Yeah, mind you, like Goudreau, Line A, and Bedard is probably going to be an electric line if it does happen. But yeah. still, Columbus, and you're right, they're inconsequential. Like I. Nobody would know the Columbus Blue Jackets. It's unfortunate that he might actually go there. That's the sad part is they actually have a pretty strong fan base there. But the problem is it doesn't resonate outside of the market. And even within the market, it's still, they're still dominated by the Ohio State University. That's their thing. It's not, it's not about hockey. Um, Who, in your opinion, is the most inconsequential Canadian franchise? uh, I would say right now, it's it's changing, but I think it's the Ottawa Senators. Mm. And how desperate is the NHL for Ryan Reynolds to buy them? Um, I think they'd love for him to be part of the group. Like, I think they would absolutely love to get some sort of Wrexham-style show based off of this team, but have it be real life. Um, you know, I, I think... To, to make that happen would be a dream come true for the league, but whether or not he ends up being part of the winning bid, I, I mean, I think there's still a lot up in the air. And I think when you think about the price tag now, if the reports out there are accurate, that the first round of bidding saw a team go up to 925 million. Wow. Like this is a team six years ago, and that's us dollars, by the way, this is a team six years ago, five years ago, we were talking about, having a couple hundred million dollars in debt and, and drowning. And now nine twenty five. it's just, the number does not compute. So um, we'll see. I think that's the bit, that's the true answer is, you know, they'd love to have him part of it, but they're not going to turn down an extra hundred million bucks just to have him part of it. Yeah. And uh, I want, we absolutely want to talk about the flames. So just one more question too, about the senators. How much is getting a new arena built tied into buying the team? Mm. Is that what the NHL wants to see from a new ownership group? Yeah, why don't you almost fork over a billion dollars to buy the team? Oh, but wait, you also have to build a new barn downtown. That It should be. Like, that should be tied to it. It's not formally tied to it. It's not a must. But anyone who's gone to a game there, anyone who's 
you know, been on an NHL team through there on a road trip, no one wants to be 25 minutes away from the downtown core. The the downtown core itself is is actually pretty fun when you stay there. Um, But heading out to Canada, well, it's it's amalgamated now, but um, it's just far. And there's nothing, there's like literally nothing out there. It's putting an arena in the middle of a parking lot. And to change that just in the same way that they were trying to change that in Phoenix, I think it's crucial to the long-term viability of the franchise. Coldest walk in the NHL, too. It has to be. From, uh, from the parking lot to the arena. <laughs> there is nothing yeah, protecting it, it you actually, from the wind. There, there has huh. been a, yeah, the wind, it, it actually <laughs> is pretty legit. I will agree yeah. with that. Yeah. The more you know, I learned something new today. That's yep. important. Uh, wanted to ask you about the Flames week as well, Frank. I mean, mostly the 8-2 loss because they go into Anaheim, they beat the Ducks, whatever. Everybody can do that. But the big loss to L.A., what did that show you about this team? It shows me that they're far away. I mean, and, and not just from being a playoff team, but for being a team that actually has any hopes to contend uh, right in the here and now. Um, to be in that scenario with that much on the line and to come out like that, it's, I think it speaks to the dysfunction that this season has been. I mean, when, when you consider it from top to bottom, there's just been something off with this team all year. What do you see? Sorry, I was mid sneeze there. Yeah, no, go ahead. (laughs) Bless you. All good. Like, I guess our biggest question is what kind of starts to happen next? You know, we had Eric Francis on our show yesterday and he was talking about, hey, in a couple of weeks here, there might be some things moving and shaking around the Flames organization. Who knows, especially if this season does, in fact, come to an end before April 15th. Yeah, look, I think the fact of the matter is uh, I would expect some change, whether it's with the coaching staff, whether it's with, the general manager, something, it feels like something has to give. It feels like when you consider how off the rails the season has been for the general collection of talent that they have, like almost unanimously, everyone saw this roster on paper as being a playoff team. Some took it a step further saying that they're a cup contending team and for it to unfold the way that it has and to hear some of the comments you know, the Nazem Kadri one on my podcast, you know, around All-Star break, that to me was like the first sort of public red flag of, holy smokes, what's happening here? Because they to say we're gonna, we'll make the playoffs if we start playing like a team, well, what's preventing you from playing like a team? I think the friction and frustration between players and coach has been evident all season long. I think their actual chemistry within their their locker room from everyone that I talk to is is pretty good but the way that this has happened it just it, it feels like there's a volcano that's about to erupt I don't know what it is who it is and and what that's going to look like when it's all settled but it's it hasn't been pretty Frank Cervalli, NHL Insider Daily Faceoff, brought to you by South Trail Chrysler, joining us here on the big show, Russick and Rose. Sports at 960, The Fan. Um, did they? Did him and Huberto, Codron and Huberto, do they not know what they were getting themselves into signing these extensions, Frank? 
Like, Kadri knew, like, guys talk around the league. They know what it's like to play for this head coach. Was this a surprise to him? Because that's the one thing that I kind of think about when these things leak out. Obviously, with Huberto, it's through his agent. And now these things that Elliot said about Kadri, that's super surprising, too. But it's not like they didn't know what they were getting themselves into. That's essentially what I'm asking you. Yes and no. I mean, let's remember that a year ago, this coach was the Jack Adams award winner and pressed just about every correct button for this team as they won the division. Yeah, they they whimpered out in five games um, against the Oilers in the Battle of Alberta in round two. But still, I think there was some – well, first off, it's obviously a different mix with the number of players that were changed out. And two – um, yeah, people talk, but I still think that there's a bunch of players that see uh, upside and see the bright side of playing for Daryl Sutter uh, in the way that he pushes you. Uh, some people would say the way that he cares. All I'll say is, from what I know, based on how this season has played out, um, for all the changes that were made, for all the chemistry uh, that needed to be created, it's like the Flames started the season with a size 12 boot up their arse and they probably needed, especially after winning the first few, just a little bit of time to, to get it together and to find that chemistry. And I don't, I think the heat has been on them from the very beginning of training camp, which I think has been a detriment to their season. I think that a lot of the fascination is around how this team is going to kind of manage their salary cap structure and maybe bringing in Matt Coronado maybe changes some things too. But when you look at this team with five guys who have expiring contracts next year, like who do you think would maybe be the the cream of the crop as far as team as players that could be available that other teams would also want? Because like Lindholm's the guy, but I also don't know if the Flames would actually want to move him. Yeah, I I would say based on you know what I heard around the deadline, the Flames were never considering you know even potentially moving any of those players to capitalize on the value that they have with their play you know sort of vastly exceeding their contract and market value. Um, I don't see them really going anywhere. Like it, I don't know. I don't. Okay. I don't know the answer, but I would say my guess is that with the way this roster is constructed, there's probably not going to be a whole ton of wholesale changes. If the same general manager and management group is back, that I think the idea would be, let's see if we can, you know, take the same group and why can't we be the Winnipeg Jets? Why can't we be the team that there aren't that many roster changes? In fact, there were hardly any at all and bounce back from a non-playoff team right into the playoffs. Like sometimes it's just a weird year, but I, I still think there's going to be some kind of change, whether it's coach or otherwise. Um, obviously the cap crunch uh, with, with the Lindholm deal eventually that that'll be here. But do you think there would be any interest in Jacob Markstrom around the NHL or the flames be interested in dealing him? I don't think so. First off, um, I, I do expect there to be some movement in the goalie market. There always is. But the way his his game played out this season, the, the fickle nature of the position, the contract, the cap hit, the term, I, I think he's, I don't want to say a difficult guy to move because you could always find someone somewhere that thinks that they could get him right back to the level that he was at. But the Flames are just as likely to be that team as anyone else, to be honest. That, mm. That's 
sort of just the nature of the beast with the position. So I don't, I don't foresee him going anywhere. I want to step away and, and we don't always uh, love to throw a whole lot of love up North, but 60 goals, he's done it in a very impressive fashion. Just, I guess, can you quantify what we're seeing from Connor McDavid this season? We're actually going to try and do that in a couple weeks to, uh, on dailyfaceoff.com to just put every season on a level playing field to size up exactly how special Connor McDavid's year has been. But I would just anecdotally, from what I've seen from just comparing you know, stats and, and general eyeball tests, I think this is one of the three best individual seasons in NHL history. Like It's certainly up there. Um, he's been that good, that consistent that much of a machine for the Oilers. It's really just carried through right from the playoffs um, to now. And to think that, you know, he's been – to think about it from a different perspective, just I'm not a gambler, but to see the, the odds, like you've got to bet that he scores two goals every night just to get close to even – like that's how good this guy has been. Yeah from start to finish and the way that he's added the goal scoring touch um, for a guy that never hit 50 before this season, obviously there were some shortened years there, but to not hit 50 and then to now blast off to 60, you know, he was already the unquestioned best player in the world. And now he's just taken it a step further, which is incredible to watch. Well, I think one thing too, Frank, their, their power plays on a historic level too here. We're talking about like the seventies mm-hmm. abs with how incredible their power play is at a plus 30% clip. But, like, honestly, are the Oilers even a top five Stanley Cup contender in your mind? I think they are, based on the way that we saw McDavid and Drysettle rise, you know, to that level. And now I think with the added support that they have on their back end, like, I didn't – you talked about the power play, and I didn't love the, the Matias Ekholm trade just because I, I was thinking with Tyson Barry – why mess with a good thing? Like it's so good and so consistent. I know that you know some would argue, oh, Tyson Barry's is the fourth most important player on that power play. Not really a big deal to change that out mid-season and the chemistry part of it. He's a really well-liked guy in that dressing room. I, I just thought there was risk there. There hasn't shown to be much. Bouchard has been able to step in, but I think what Ekholm has done on their back end is take a ton of heat off of Darnell Nurse. He's someone that, you know, when he goes over the boards now, Darnell Nurse feels like he has to do a lot less because he has the support now uh, from Ekholm. So he's got size, he's got physicality. I just think he's really rounded out their team in a big way. And I'm not, you know, I was never a huge advocate uh, for the Nick Bugstad trade. Just didn't, they didn't give up much to do it. But the fact that Bugstad was a healthy scratch for all six Minnesota Wild playoff games last year tells you what the Wild thought he could do for their playoff chances. Um, But he sort of fit pretty well as well. Gave them a little bit of size up front at the same time. So I think the trades to this point have worked out extremely well. And I I do put them in. Look, here's the thing. When you talk about top five contenders is, you know, only one is making it out of the Atlantic side of the bracket. Only one is making it out of the Metro side of the bracket. So when you consider that and, and personally I'm rooting for a, a Western conference final rematch of the abs and Oilers, like take that, you know, um, the speed, the freak of nature, 
and Connor McDavid against the force of nature and Nathan McKinnon to do that for a second year in a row, I think it's not that the results will be different, but certainly I think time around if that were to be the case. Are we sleeping on maybe the Kings in a Kings-Oilers matchup? Because it did take seven games to beat them last year. Yeah, and I would love to see that rematch because I think it would be a great series. Um, The Oilers didn't do a very good job of dispatching the Kings last year. They kind of toyed around with them, particularly squandering a couple games in L.A. Just weren't ready to play. Mm. Um, And I think that would... You know, you'd certainly catch their attention. Talking to Connor McDavid at the All-Star break, he thought that their season changed based on a loss that they had in L.A. He felt like they just played so much better uh, after that run. They figured some things out at even strength. And so I'm not sleeping on the Kings. I picked the Kings to win the division this year. Uh, I don't know that that'll happen, but they're certainly a good team, and they're a lot better after the trades as well, not just in net with Corpusalo, but I think Gavrikov for the price that they paid, has been a pretty decent addition. Um, Just real quick out east, um, the Tampa Bay Lightning have kind of struggled here in the second half, losing games maybe they shouldn't. And I guess some of that is, let's just get to the playoffs. This team is so battle-tested that maybe that's what what they're looking for here. But it it is hard just to flip a switch. And I just want to get your thoughts. Tanner Janot has been a complete non-factor since he's gotten there. Uh, for the Lightning. What, what's your thought on Tampa? Can they just flip it on in that eventual series with the Leafs here in round one? Well, they've shown that they can. So that's why my level of concern is actually is pretty low. Like, they've got the experience. When you go to three straight Stanley Cup finals and you have players that have been there, done that, I don't think they're sitting there saying, oh, man, I wonder if we can do it. They're just saying, all right, who cares? We have basically no upward mobility we're likely not to not catch the Leafs we're no one behind us is going to be catching us for our spot in this matchup so what what exactly do we have to play for let's stay healthy let's be fresh let's keep our minutes down if we can do that and let's get to that point where we can just turn it on against Toronto in the first round and I think that's a pretty scary proposition for a team like the Leafs like that's been my thing with Toronto and the way that this year has unfolded, they can be a great regular season team, but the truth is in net and particularly on the back end, they don't have any advantages, you know, certainly not going up against um, Andre Vasilevsky and even Victor Hedman and what's been a down year. This is the first time we're going to be talking about a NARS trophy and Victor Hedman's not going to be in the mix in a long time. But to think that, they all can't rebound and be ready for the first round. I, or I think that would be foolish. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the NCAA season coming to an end. Saw Nikita Nistarenko with the Anaheim Ducks earlier on this week. They got the round of 16 this weekend, Frozen Fours in a couple of weeks. But are you kind of watching anybody who might be free agents looking to sign in the next uh, week or so? Or maybe even drafted players like perhaps, uh, oh, I don't know, Matt Coronado at Harvard. Are you hearing anything on any of these college players as the season winds down? Yeah, Coronado, I would say Matt Nyes, as well as uh, at the University of Minnesota. Look, everyone's going to have eyes on all those players uh, that are, you know, expected to potentially make the jump. Um, Any insight on Coronado, I I don't have at the moment. I think everyone's kind of waiting. Like, it seems like that's likely to happen. But um, I got to tell you, like, I think – the way that this season has unfolded for some of the Flames 
younger players that were supposed to get an opportunity. I think for prospects and unsigned draft picks and, um, you know, potential undrafted free agents that they might be courting, the things that have played out with Daryl Sutter have certainly not helped the situation. I'll say that. Yeah, think about Connor Mackey, who was an unsigned free agent or undrafted free agent, signs in Calgary, does not work out with Daryl Sutter, and now he's down in Arizona. Like that would be probably one of the ones that you 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 would think about as far as a guy who signed and then didn't get it done, and 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 now they're maybe yeah. questioning what they did, right? Well, it's not that he he got the opportunity, and then uh, part of that's on him, part of that's on the way that it unfolded you know, never being able to gain Daryl Sutter's trust. But mm-hmm. the other part of it is the, what, what number was he again? Like that type of stuff yeah. doesn't, doesn't play well. Mm. Uh, Frank, before I let you go, how excited are Phillies fans for Trey Turner? Uh, I'm juiced up. I think everyone in the city is. Um, that World Baseball Classic or something else. And I just think adding him to an already lethal lineup, you get Harper back sometime in May. It's going to be pretty unreal summer in Philly. It should be. Um, Frank Cervalli, NHL Insider, Daily Faceoff. Frank, great stuff. We'll talk next week. Have a good one, guys. Uh, there's Frank Cervalli brought to you by South Trail Chrysler. With inventory shortages across the city, it's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit SouthTrailChrysler.com. Nailed it. Um, it is going to be uh, interesting the next few weeks. Yeah. When it comes to um, the Calgary Flames. Because I'm hearing... Changes around here. If this team sneaks into the playoffs and wins around, then what? I don't know. I feel like all that goes out the window, right? I feel like there's so many different scenarios on the table right yeah, now. Yeah, it, it really does. Because it's like if you miss, this entire season is an utter failure. Of course. And you can't go into the offseason and just say, hey, we'll just do it differently. Like you got to make big changes after that. Usually, if they get in, even then, it's like, well, what have you done with what we gave you? Like, I don't know, man. Like, this this has been quite the year for the Calgary Flames. Uh, it's a game night tonight. They host the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, just 10 games left in the season, seven of them down at the Dome. Uh, it's must-win night every night for the Calgary Flames the remainder of the season. Uh, we'll have it all for you uh, tonight, and obviously we'll be all over it like a dirty shirt. Uh, tomorrow, straight ahead, uh, Brody on the beat, Canada's number one radio segment will be uh, on the air. Um, also, the snow show, which is my favorite segment of the week. Yep, it's a good one. And, uh, we'll Not unleash, a lot of snow lately, though. We'll unleash our uh, text topic onto the listeners after an email we got internally here at the radio station. It's all straight ahead. It's the big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Serving Calgary and Southern Alberta since 1992. They got you covered for everything basement The top of the hour, Olympic gold medalist. Flames. Analyst for Sportsnet, Megan Mickelson will join us. We haven't talked to her in a while. Looking forward to that conversation. Later on this hour, we'll do the snow show. We'll do Brody on the beat. But yesterday on the internal email, I'm not going to mention her name because that's just not right, but uh, got an email about 
microwave etiquette here at the radio station. Oh, yeah. Because we there's four radio stations in this building. Four radio stations, you know, a huge sales team to support all of them, a promo team, management, engineers. There's a TV station in here that sometimes has people that work at it. There's a lot of people in here. Yeah. Um, and uh, there was email uh, coming up about food and microwave etiquette. And uh, the one thing that really uh, struck a chord with a lot of people around here mm-hmm. was the smelly foods part. Yes. Let me read you the smelly foods email that we we got about microwave etiquette. Uh, please try to avoid heating strong scented or pungent pungent foods. Pungent, pungent foods. Pungent. Yeah. Uh, pungent foods, as their odor tends to linger longer and can be disrupted to others in the office. I'm super disappointed because I was about to ma- microwave a mackerel. <laughs> <laughs> And just dig into yeah. that thing after yeah. the show. Yeah, I just, bet. Hey, just throw the mackerel right in the <laughs> microwave, put it in there for ten minutes, and just that's good eating for me. Yeah, right. That's real good eating. It's delicious. Yeah, real healthy. And, and it, this also, um, it also came. There was also a, a response from somebody who works here that was like throughout the company, which I don't a think reply was, all. Yeah, it wasn't a very. It, sometimes wait a day before you hit the reply all on the email. Yeah, uh, maybe like, not the smartest thing. Let your emotions cool off. So, uh, real that quick, type of thing. <laughs> uh, popcorn was also brought into the attention. Um, popcorn is convenient and delicious. However, uh, burnt popcorn can leave a burnt smell for days, leave a burnt mark for potentially catch fire. Uh, when I worked at the other radio station, uh, Andrew Nye, who did sports updates uh-huh. for 680 News, yeah, he microwaved some popcorn and forgot about it because he had to go do his update. Uh-huh. Uh, the fire department had to be called because the <laughs> microwave caught on fire. And part of the lunchroom was, like, burnt. That would have smelled yeah. for, uh, as it says here, days. And then the e- emails kept coming up periodically. Please do not leave popcorn unattended <laughs> because of the fire incident we had in the lunchroom. <laughs> and the lunchroom was, like, smaller than the studio. But whatever. Uh, don't do it. So uh, we wanted to ask you, 96960, name and location, your chance to win a uh, four passes to Wingfield Golf Club. We're doing uh, one more day of giving away passes to Wingfield Golf Club. We want to ask you, uh, what's the grossest thing or what's the grossest thing you've seen somebody bring for lunch to work? <laughs> 960, 960, name and location. I, myself, I am not a fan of curry. Don't like the smell of curry. Mm-hmm. I'm not crazy about the taste of curry. So when somebody microwaves some curry, it's unpleasant to me. Am I going to go to somebody and go, hey, don't bring your butter chicken around me anymore. <laughs> No, I'm not going to say that. It's fine. I can live with it. But if I want to go microwave my mackerel here after yeah. the show, like I just, I should be able to. But I want yesterday's I, cod. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I want uh, some smelts. I want to microwave some smelt. What if uh, I just cracked open a can of sardines? Yeah. You, why not? As long as you don't throw it in the microwave. So I wanted to ask you, nine sixty nine sixty, your chance to win a four pass golf club uh, golf passes to Wingfield Golf Club. What's the grossest thing you've seen or what's the grossest thing you've brought for lunch hmm. to work? 960, 960, name and location. Do you have one of these? I don't know if I have anything that I, I, I can quantifiably think like I've been repulsed by. Um, you know, it's one of those things you work in this studio. And we work a lot of mornings. People don't necessarily eat a lot around us. So <laughs> yeah, there's that that kind of helps. Um but I can't really think of anything that immediately comes to mind as far as just 
absolutely vile things that I've seen brought into the studio per se. But the thing is, like, it's such a small space. Yeah. Um, some of these are already awesome uh, coming in. I knew that there would be people that as soon as we mentioned it, like, this is the type of thing that sticks with you, too. Yeah. There's some really gross ones right away. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, <laughs> oysters and sardines. Same day. Yeah. Nauseating. Who Not brings good. in oysters for lunch? Yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I like to go out for oysters. Yeah. And... Yeah, Listen, every once I, in a while. I I don't think leftover oysters is maybe the best idea. Like, I feel like you're kind of walking into, like, a trap as far as your body rejecting said said oysters. Yeah. Um, keep, they're already flying in right now. Uh, <laughs> 960, 960. Some of these are great. Um, what's the <laughs> grossest thing you've seen or the grossest thing you've brought into work for lunch? This person works with Shrek. Oh, that's nice. Because someone brought a whole onion in and ate it like an apple. I've seen that before in my life, and I think that's serial killer behavior. There's like a trend on TikTok, an and onion, Alex Brody might be able to help with this GBP too. Yeah. But there's onion water is like a thing on TikTok right now. Alex, do you know this? What? Mm. Oh, my water? God. I got to go home and watch this. I got to get on TikTok. Chop up I got to give all my information to the Chinese government. Chop no, anyway, <laughs> yeah. I... Like eating an onion like an apple, that's a little, that's a tough one. Oh, it's for cold or flu? Your like, eyes would just water. Okay, just that's, if a, that's a cold or flu. Okay. I Maybe. Still do it. I don't know. That yeah, but eating like... it like an apple is weird. I've Also, when somebody eats a tomato like an apple, that's a little weird Have too. Have you seen someone do that? Yes, and then put the salt on as they do it. I've seen someone put like the salt on, but I usually see them slice it into like quarters or something like that. So that yeah, I've seen a tomato eating like an apple. Mm. Maybe you haven't lived, Manny Rose. I apparently haven't. I like, have not lived. Because... Some of these are great and disgusting at the same time. Mm-hmm. Nine sixty, nine sixty. Name and location. Um, Flames game day tonight against the Golden Knights. Seven two beat down the Flames. Gave Vegas last week. Um, we know that they struggle at home for some reason, but mm-hmm. they do play up to their opposition. I Markstrom tonight. Richie will be in the lineup, I would assume. Walker yeah. Dewar, I'm sure, will be in the lineup tonight. I hope. Uh, Troy Stetcher has been really good for the Flames. They won 5-1. I don't um, know if they're going to make any roster changes after a win like that. But... How do you fancy their chances tonight? Because I kind of feel good about this game tonight. And do I don't you? know why. Because it's a must win against a division opponent that you finally got that win in Las Vegas convincingly. And it's it's a good spot here for the Calgary Flames, I think. I don't know. I've got a tough feeling in the gut of my stomach that says, you got Jack Eichel, who's been pretty hot lately. Riley Smith is riding one of the longest point streaks in the NHL right now. This is a Vegas team that has been one of the best clubs since the All-Star break. I'm always Mr. Cup half full, but I don't know. This one's tough. I haven't been enamored with a lot of the Flames' performances at home recently, and it kind of gives me pause when you're going to be facing a tough opponent like Vegas. And like you mentioned, this is a group that you beat 7-2 to recently. They're going to remember that for sure. They're going to come in, and they're going to be ready to play this game. So as much as I think that this would be a, a big one for the Flames as far as getting a couple points here because, you know, I've said it a million times and it sounds like it's 
almost lost all of its meaning at this point. But after this Golden Knights game, the schedule continues to be quite easy. You know, you can get a couple of points here. It would go a long way. If you don't, you're in tough. Because uh, Winnipeg's playing Anaheim tonight. So yep. you may as well just throw two points in there. Win, or uh, another win in their column right now. Yeah, we, we, uh, we've we been talking about it. I think t- 10 games to go, 20 points to be had. I think it's a minimum of 16 to get to the playoffs, which sounds super daunting. Yeah, it does. Like when when you it put should. it when you when you put it on on front street like that, like it's it's tough. Listen, and the three hardest games you have, you pretty much have to win all three of them because Vegas, Nashville, and Winnipeg would be three of the hardest games you have remaining. Now today, I guess you know, you're not trying to catch Vegas, whatever, but. Okay, you lose to Vegas. Now you have to win what? Eight of nine? Come on now. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... When was the last time this team rattled off a win streak like that? And, and right? I, can't, I can't even put my finger on why they just struggle at home. Like, it's just... They, they talked about it on the broadcast in that win in Anaheim that Flames have the most points in the Western Conference on the road since December. Good teams win on the road. That's what they do. And then all of a sudden they come here and I, I, it's inexplicable why they struggle on home ice. I don't know what it is. Maybe we're gonna ask, I'm going to ask Megan Mickelson that question coming up at the top of the hour. Mm-hmm. Like, what, can you put your finger on any of that? Like, it just seems very strange and weird that you don't have that home ice advantage. You got booed off the ice in two of your last three home games. The other one, you know, they got scored on what? Twice in the first and one was ninety seconds because the ref couldn't get out of the way. Was hit the, the ref, goal. yeah. But yep. nevertheless, you found yourself in the hole. They were able to battle back, but I don't know. It's just been some shaky looks at home. It, it everybody looks like there's just a little bit more on their mind, a little bit more on their plate, perhaps, and just hasn't looked nearly as sharp. It's been disappointing for sure. Uh, Flames and Golden Knights tonight, 7 o'clock, uh, just after 7. The puck drop, of course, uh, coverage all day on Sportsnet 960. The fan at the top of the hour, as I mentioned, Megal- Megan, Mickels- Megan Mickelson. Oh, my God. I'm struggling today. I'm struggling. Struggling. Megan Mickelson at the top of the hour. Just um, keep NHL swimming, man. Sportsnet. It's Friday's fine. in sight. Uh, Olympic gold medalist uh, will join us. We'll ask her that question about the flame struggles on home ice. The snow show straight ahead. Um, But first, uh, the number one segment in Canadian radio is Brody on the Beat. Well, our technical director, producer today, Alex Brody, walks the streets of Calgary and asks a specific question and tries to get listener feedback. Uh, Alex, what was the question this week? So the question, we we did positivity last week uh, a bit more. I wouldn't call it negativity, but I guess realisticness this week. What I asked the people of Calgary is, what are your spring plans going to be if the Flames don't make the playoffs? So what are you substituting Flames mm, hockey with, Okay, I like it. Let's do it. Let's hit it. All I need is a Brody on the beat. What will be your go-to spring plans if the Flames don't make the playoffs? If the Flames don't make the playoffs, man, I'm going hiking. It's nice weather. I'm definitely going to the mountains, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. the Flames offer a certain level of entertainment, and I think I'll want to right. replace it with something roughly the same. So I'm going to go down into the basement and, and start cleaning things up. You know, I've got a lot of old debris down there. <laughs> what is happening? Take those. And... Yeah, I guess um, 
maybe a little more productive than the Flames this season, hey? Oh yeah, 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 way more and more uh, reliable. I'm gonna uh, spring is one of my favorite months here. I'm gonna go skiing, um, enjoy the sunshine. Hopefully, get some nice weather in the city whilst still cold enough to go skiing in the in the uh, in the mountains. And yeah, enjoy. Uh, yep, little barbecue. There's only one good answer, and it's obviously go to the golf course every single day of every, and spend every single minute of spare time you have hitting balls, draining putts, winning money. What more could you ask for? What is the first thing you're going to be doing if the Flames don't make the playoffs this spring? What's your go-to thing if we don't have Flames hockey? Well, I know that what they're going to be doing one week later. What's that? Four. Was it? Would that be yourself as well? No, I, 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 I don't golf. I fish. Okay, okay. What are the? Are there any good spots in the, within the city to do like fly fishing or anything like that? And yes, there are lots of good spots along the river, and I'll, I'll name you one in particular. The wet part. Honestly, I love walking by the river. I love putting my headphones in and just jamming. Like, it's such a vibe down there as well during the spring as well as during the summer. If the Flames miss the playoffs, I'll probably do the same thing I'm going to do anyways and just hang out. Yeah. What's like your go-to, I guess, like hangout activity? Smoke weed and meditate, man. I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to go down to the basement and I'm going to mutilate some animals. <laughs> what? <laughs> Gotta be productive. That's what I'm gonna do. That's what I'm gonna do if the flames don't make the playoffs, because that's similar em entertainment to me. It was insightful. Yeah, that guy was. Uh, he was interesting. I like the fishing guy. He, no, he had, he had I no the the other guy was. Oh, there was four of them I liked. I'm gonna go down to the basement <laughs> and lock up my stepbrother forever, <laughs> so he can never escape because I love him to death. <laughs> Instead of watching the Flames in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Same entertainment value. Yeah. <laughs> I, need to, I need to fill the void of the Flames not being in the playoffs. I didn't have time to include it, but he also said he'd pickle some beets. That's another activity he said <laughs> sure. he'd be doing. By beets, he meant eyeballs. <laughs> I, I thought that was a great job, Alex. And uh, I like that people... I like that you're asking follow-up questions I now. like I like the golf guy. Yeah. Yeah. Draining putts. Yeah. Go every day, spend every second. Yeah, that was um, good. I like Alex that you're uh, you're really getting more comfortable with the people of Calgary. Well, my interesting challenge this week was I got a lot of like hiking, and I I didn't know what mm. to ask a follow up for that. Like it was really so I just I'm always asked every person no matter what they say. There's always going to be a follow up, even if I don't include it. But mm. that's sort of my go to now. Mm. Great job, Alex. Um, and uh, way to creep us out a little bit uh, on a Thursday morning. Um, straight ahead. I want some of that raw files so I can create some drops, yeah. please. If you could just um, go ahead. Megan Mickelson, <laughs> um, Olympic gold medalist, uh, Sportsnet Flames analyst at the top of the hour. Um, we're giving away a foursome at Wingfield Golf Club, asking you, based on a company email we got yesterday, about uh, just be be a little more cognizant of what you're throwing in the microwave. Uh, what's the grossest thing you've seen at work and or what is the grossest thing you've brought, in, uh, brought to work for lunch? Uh, 960, 960. Name and location. But right now, uh, Maddie Rose has the snow show for you. Let's go. The snow show is brought to you by Ski West. The Calgary's largest selection of gear and expert staff. Ski West has you covered to make this an epic season. Visit their Kensington or airport location today or head out to Ski West. 
Ca. Unfortunately, no snowfall reported in the last 24 hours for our Alberta mountains. Easy enough for me to say. Uh, but still, lots of trails open, lots of lifts open, and lots of packed base depths. Sunshine Village is a 62-inch packed powder base. 133 of 145 trails open in all 11 of their lifts. Also, they got the winemaker's dinner going March the 25th. Uh, so that's at the Eagle's Nest in the Sunshine Mountain Lodge. Uh, there is a $179 charge for that, so make sure you uh, go ahead and get registered early. Uh, there's a phone number you can call on the Sunshine website. Elsewhere, Nakiska, 65 of 75 trails are open, four of six lifts. They got a 29-inch machine-groomed base. They're also doing East Coast Après with Chef Michael Smith this weekend. You can head to their website for more details. That is on Friday night. As we continue up, Mount Norquay, 46-inch packed powder base. All 60 of their trails are open. All six of the lifts are open out at Norquay as well. They're also doing the Bruno Engler Memorial Ski Race, the 55th annual. That's coming up on Saturday. Head to the Norquay website for more details on that. Out at Marmot Basin, 44-inch machine-groomed base, 91 trails open. That's all their trails and all seven of their lifts as well. I uh, wanted to tell you, Marmot Basin has their demo days this weekend. You can test the latest and greatest for free. Retailers include Vicious Cycle and Snow, Source for Sports, Totem Ski Shop, and Arcteryx. Up at Lake Louise, 41 to 53 inches of packed powder base, 130 of 164 trails are open, and all 11 of the lifts are open at Louise as well. They're also doing the Temple Lodge Takeover. This is continuing into April. Just head over to uh, Temple Lodge on the backside. They got DJs, they got fun activities, and of course, they got drinks for you to enjoy uh, while you're out having a shred. And finally, finally, Castle Mountain, 30 inches to 74 inches of spring snow on their base. They got 94 open trails. That's all their trails and five of their six lifts, and they got tons of stuff going on this weekend. Live music in the T-Bar Pub Friday with Dean Ray. There is the world's longest slalom race coming up on Saturday. It's also Retro Day Saturday with Beats in the Bass. That's their spring concert series. And then it's open mic night. Then on Sunday, uh, you also got trivia night in the T-Bar Pub. The theme this weekend is Castle Mountain Resort, which you love to see as well. That's the, skill, uh, the snow show. It's brought to you by Ski West with Calgary's largest selection of gear and expert staff. Ski West has you covered to make this an epic season. Visit their Kensington or airport location today or head to skiwest.ca. Terrific stuff, Maddie. Uh, straight ahead, Megan Mickelson, Olympic gold medalist, Flames analyst for Sportsnet. Uh, the texts are great. They're just flying in right now. Um, just We got a company email about being a little more microwave-friendly. Um, to what you put in the microwave. Just, you know, every every company, every couple years sends out a microwave etiquette. Just a friendly little reminder, although the friendly little reminder is usually borne by someone maybe crossing the line. And, yep. and here we are. Um, we wanted to, we're asking you on the text line uh, to win a, a foursome at Wingfield Golf Club. Um, what's the grossest thing you've brought to work or what's the grossest thing you've seen somebody bring for lunch? At work, 960, 960, name and location. We'll do those at, at around 8.30. Some of these are great, and some of these are really gross that I can't believe people would actually bring them to work. Vile. Yeah, and we'll get Texty McTexterson uh, to read some of those texts. Uh, Megan Mickelson, straight ahead. It's a Flames game night. It's the big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan.